0: Hey guys welcome into the corked up podcast with uh jack frank there's no title to this post super bowl episode i guess i guess we're in the we're in the off season now i don't necessarily like that frank we we've done so much talking about football for for as long as we have you know and and now it's over it's over yeah now we have to like i don't know what two months before the draft even happens and then I mean, it doesn't necessarily stop with free agency and all that, but it's just like, I don't know, games are more important to me. I think it's more fun that way, but well, the, yeah. And,
1: and really, the new season doesn't start until the, uh, you know, the pro days and such, the the combine. I don't know if we're going to get that this year because of COVID, but like, yeah. that's when you start to feel, you're like, all right, you know, free agency. Gearing back here. up.
0: Yeah. And then you, you free agency hits, the draft hits, you're like all excited. And then there's about like a. Two month period where just you're just like, Yeah, whatever, who cares? And then, and then then the preseason starts, and you're like, I'm not even gonna watch the preseason. And then, of course, you know, that first game starts, and you're fucking like this close to the screen,
2: yeah, watching everything
0: because that's just how pathetic some people are. Have you ever been to a preseason game? Ever bought a ticket and gone to a preseason game?
1: So, the only time I did, I was like eight years old, um, Mm -hmm. and my mom got like a free ticket from work, and I like that. At that point, I didn't even know really the difference. Like, I didn't know what exactly was <laughs> yeah. happening. I was just happy to be there. But that was the only time I'd ever been. And yeah. from what I remember, we left in like the third quarter.
0: Yeah. People who pay for those. Like, if you get it for free, like from a company event, you're like, hey, man, we got some we got some Bears tickets for the preseason. If you're interested, fine. That's fine. Go enjoy yourself. But if you're buying preseason tickets... Yeah, problems, man.
1: Yeah. Dude, yeah. that being said, you know what we have to do this summer is we have to get out to some Bear- to a Bears training camp. We should make a day of it.
0: If if I they let play. us, it's – well, you're going to have to well, come they, to, they, to my have- neck of the woods because it's going to be Lake Forest now.
1: Yeah. No, I'm in. I'm in wherever it's at.
0: But yeah.
1: Th- didn't they have the fans there last year? Didn't they allow fans?
0: I think it was like – was, past- wasn't it, was it limited? I don't remember.
1: I, I think it was Dude, still everything- limited, but I remember the clips. We have to look into it, though, because that would be a fun day.
0: Everything like if it's a weekday
1: we can plan it take it off work i can yeah. bring the i can bring well both my kids probably at that point
0: yeah everything is kind of feeling everything is like blurring together for me the last couple of years i i honestly i'm right there with you i don't remember half the shit. but what i do remember frank is uh us both being wrong in our predictions and the Rams ultimately winning Super Bowl guys it 46 56 56.
1: i think so a- xli 56. right is the
0: LVI, LVI, which I think is fifty-six, because V is five.
1: Yeah, one after 56. that is
0: six. Yep. These logos suck, man. Like I remember when we were kids, right? They had some badass logos. Now I feel like they've just kind of gotten lazy with it. Just like, the can we do letters. away
1: with the Roman numerals though? At this point, like it was cool uh, yeah. for a while. I, they they as can soon as through.
0: they hit fifty, yeah. As soon as they hit fifty, they should have just been like, all right, let's let's change this up a little bit. Um. Yeah, Frank. Let's just like I guess let's just start with the game. You know, twenty-three to twenty. I think it's a little, maybe a little low score, a little bit of a lower score than you and I would have thought. Um, honestly, if you would have told me the the Bengals held the Rams to twenty-three points, I probably would have told you, yeah, Bengals are going to win this win this game easily. And you know, I I had a friend text me at the during the first quarter. And uh, he was he was like, man, this, this game is probably over. I'm like, because the Rams had scored a touchdown, it looked really easy. The Bengals were struggling on offense, and it's just like, hold on, man. Like, if I've learned anything with this Bengals team, <laughs> give give them a little bit. They're they're gonna be fine. Nerves, I'm sure, were a big part of why everybody was you know struggling on that offense. But then they they obviously settled in and kind of took command. And again, you know, some of that first half shenanigans started popping up for the Rams, doing weird things, getting a little conservative. What do you think of it from the, from the Bengals side? Because I definitely think there's a little more to talk about on the Rams side, so we could probably save that. So let's start with the Bengals. What were some things you liked? What were some things you didn't like throughout the game?
1: On the Bengals side... I wasn't really a, the biggest fan of their offensive game plan. I felt like they could have leaned on Joe Mixon a ton more. I mean, he yeah. was running the ball well. The offensive line, the run blocking was was very well. But then e- even with the pass blocking, we know that that's a bad offensive line. Like, I mean, they won a game when Joe Burrow got sacked nine times for Christ's yeah. sake in, in, in the playoffs at that. Um, but I, I didn't see any adjustments from Zach Taylor to like help them. I mean, it, it wasn't to the degree... That we were like yelling at our screens when Justin Fields is getting obliterated in Cleveland, but it's like it was to that type of thing where it's like, dude, get some chip blocks, do, do some misdirection, do some play action, do something. Like I felt like their game plan was a little bit too straightforward. Yeah. Um, and I know people who have listened to us may find that a little bit hypocritical because I have said in the past, like I, I want a head coach that like really just tries to out execute people versus like trying to do way too much smoke and mirrors. Um, but to the point where there's like zero creativity in an offense, it's like, all right, that's a little bit too, like they could, because there were times where they really did still out execute them. Like Joe Burrow put his faith in T Higgins on a deep bomb. He put his faith in uh, Jamar chase on a deep bomb. Like he had some good throws down the field. And at that point, you're just letting your talent win out. But I just felt like Zach Taylor didn't, I mean, he didn't help that offense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I mean, really to a point where. Especially in the second half, I felt like the Bengals lost the game, or lost that half, I should say, more than the Rams won that half. Because the Rams in the first half, I was like, man, they look like the superior team right now. Like, they look really good. But what I mean by that, my second half comment, is that you get a touchdown right out of the gate, then you get an interception on the very next play, and you go, like, 11 plays for eight yards or something. Like, dude, yeah. what are we – like, you have to – at that point is when you really pull out your bag of tricks and start to do – I'm not saying, like, you do another, you know, Joe Mixon touchdown pass, but, like, let's do some misdirection. Let's do – I mean, there were no screen passes. There were no anything. There. there it was just uh, – you know, I don't know. I, I felt like and, – and that's why I thought we had such a good – um Rams showing a defensive showing in the second half because they were like if this is what you're going to do all game we can adjust to this and they're just like you know Zach Taylor and that offense never really adjusted to the Rams adjusting
0: to them um so that was my thoughts there did you have anything different with the Bengals I just yeah I I I agree I thought the 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 run the running game on offense was just non-existent it was just weird because like there were a couple runs where Joe Mixon would go like you know eight yards ten yards like he would he kind of starting to get, you could tell he started to get pissed because he wasn't getting the ball a ton. They didn't really throw him the ball that much. I, I saw they were trying to use uh, Chris Evans out of Michigan a, a lot that they hadn't really done before. And again, I, I know in the Super Bowl you're trying to implement new things that they haven't seen all season to kind of throw off all the preparation time that there is. That's why a lot of guys usually end up like stepping up in the Super Bowl. Who you're like, who the who the fuck is that? Um, But uh, yeah, I I thought the defense played well, but it kind of felt like it was only a matter of time before that Cooper Cup game was about to happen. (laughs) Like they held them in check pretty much for a good majority of the first half, and then the second half started. And and you know, to Sean McVay's credit, they started changing the way they were doing things. That being said, though. Man, that second half was really winnable for for the Bengals. And they just they they settled for that second field goal and they they kind of they they didn't take the chance to put the Rams away. And it's something you and I have been talking about a ton, not just obviously at the Bengals, but just any team in general. It's just you gotta be careful when you play super cautiously. And I just Think that they didn't do a good enough job to wear out that pass rush by running the ball enough. Because we saw at times during the game Aaron Donald getting frustrated that he was like getting blocked so much. I thought they should have just kept going that direction. Obviously, maybe not running it directly into him on a fourth and one. Thought that was or a third and one, I should say. That was that was pretty stupid. Uh but that was a winnable game for the Bengals. And, and I feel like if they, they have, I know it's you know obviously disappointing enough to lose the Super Bowl, but to lose a game that they are that they probably should have won. And I think that last play caps it just encompassed their season altogether where the offensive line breaks down. You see you see Jamar Chase had actually gotten Ramsey to fall and was wide open for a touchdown but couldn't get him the ball because the offensive line played horrible. In in pass blocking, and it's just funny. Two years in a row, we saw a team lose because of that. The Chiefs and now the Bengals. So it was disappointing, man. I was I was really I was really getting into it for the Bengals on the Bengals side.
1: And and you know what though, that's the thing, man. Is you know going into that game, we had both sort of felt like the Bengals just have that it factor where the Rams. Don't where the Rams win games is when their superstars step up because they're a star studded team. Yeah, not much depth, but Aaron Donald can take over a game if Matt Stafford gets hot. Cooper Cup, top two, top three receiver in the league. Jalen Ramsey, top two, top three corner in the league. Like you just have this top heavy offense or a uh, top heavy roster, and the Bengals just don't. Like, obviously, Jamar Chase, phenomenal. I mean, probably already a top five receiver in the league. Yeah, uh, Joey Burrow top five, but like everywhere else, C. Higgins, very good receiver. I think if he didn't have Jabbar Chase outside of him, his numbers would look a lot better, but um, you know, it, it just, they, they, and what they were missing in like name, name recognition, they just had this feeling about them. And it was like, how could you not, if, unless you're a Rams fan, but how could you not cheer, For them, even if like, even if you were in their division, the Bengals have never won anything. They never, they just like mind their own business. And it's like, they're, they're, they caught a heater this year when it counted. And it's like, how, you know, how can you not uh, pull for them? And, and I mean, this game sort of encompassed that, like everything felt like a struggle to them. Everything, you know, didn't exactly go their way, but they just found a way to be in the game still. Like, yeah. And and that had its negatives and its positives though cuz just like you said there were times where they should have pulled away. They they should like and just like the, the the plays that I that I named right in the, the beginning of the third quarter you get a touchdown and a pick and you're on your own like 40. I mean you have to capitalize on that. Yeah. There's no shot you you uh you punt the ball away there. Like you have to get points. And you have to get a t- forget points. You have to get a touchdown right there. You don't settle for a field goal. Like so I I, I think the whole game sort of was, you know, uh, an encompass- uh, uh, I'm blanking on the word that I'm, that I want to use, but just like that, that was what the Bengals were the whole, the yeah. whole year. Um, and yeah. unfortunately they just couldn't really, they couldn't really top it off. But on the flip side, I think for the Rams too, that was who they were, you know, like their offense didn't exactly look great either. Their defense didn't exactly look great either, but their stars stepped up when they needed it the most. I mean, Aaron Donald on that third and one, that was insane.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, obviously Cooper Cup, like I said, he was the one that kind of, you knew it was coming at some point. And obviously, I mean, the the Rams offense took a way bigger hit without Odell than I thought they were going to. Like, he looked really, really good. And then obviously, you know, I, when his knee buckled like that and he went down and dropped the ball, I was like, that's that's not good. <laughs> that's That's not, that is not good. Uh, and obviously it wasn't with him. I, I, did they confirm it is a torn ACL? They, they or at they, least that's they the put fear out the
1: report that the, when they fear it, that's usually yeah.
0: what I don't think I've ever seen that not be the case after like is yeah. like, yeah, it's, they're afraid that it's an a torn ACL. Like, well, and, it, and to
1: the best of my knowledge too, like when those trainers come out and they feel the knee, they put pressure on ligaments. And when they tell them, yeah, that's where it hurts. They're like, all right, that's, it's torn. Like they, they know pretty yeah. much right away.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought it was, like, I don't know, like, I, I thought it was really weird. I thought, I think it is still really weird, like, how Odell has been, like, elevated to this, like, almost, like, legendary status of of, of type player when, like, I mean, he was p- pretty good in New York. He had, like, a couple of really good seasons, and then that was kind of it. Like, he didn't really do a whole lot in Cleveland, and, and you know, they, they were treating him like it was, like, a player... Fans were just dying to see you get a ring. I, I didn't really care honestly that much, and honestly, I didn't really care that Stafford got a ring. Like, good for him, you know. I, I thought that game kind of was what his career's all been about. Like, pretty good. Like, he, he he had some really really bad throws in that game, uh, but he made the plays when it mattered, especially in the fourth quarter. Like, he delivered at the end of the game. Granted. He had a lot of opportunities because of the refs, Frank, and that's something I want to talk about for a second. That game, I I was telling you, I was like, this game's cruising along. Like, I've really enjoyed how how little the refs have really intervened. There was a couple plays, but I think what was interesting was when it really did pop up, I think it kind of showed like what our issues have been all year where with especially with the taunting rule I, and it just being super subjective there was a play when the the bangles there was a, a personal foul on the offensive lineman for unnecessary roughness which i don't think i've really seen too much but then they show the replay and i i think it was leonard floyd it may have been him or, or jones or one of those two linebackers who was doing like the air guitar in front of the the fucking offensive lineman's face like pretty clearly taunting like if that was Cassius Marsh he probably would have been thrown out of the fucking game. But they just didn't call it. They only called the personal foul. And then, I mean, that whew, that fourth quarter, man, they just were given the Rams every single chance. They missed a lot of calls too. They missed a false start on the offensive line. Yeah. And on the on the flip side, on that third and one, or on the fourth and one, I believe it was, the Aaron Donald was he was lined up off sides.
1: Oh, I and didn't even just, see that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they completely missed that too.
1: I, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where it's the Super Bowl, man. And for the most part, they let people play, they let people get physical. The egregious stuff they, they called. I think the biggest missed call was the face mask, uh, the missed face mask on T. Higgins. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that was, that was huge. That was obviously a huge play. But I, I, what, what I found bothersome were people who were sti- like sort of sticking up for that phantom call on 55, that uh, pass, inter- oh, was it a holding yeah. or a pass interference, yeah. like a, one yeah. or the other. And they were like, oh, well, that was the makeup call for T Higgins. Let's not get it twisted. I refereed plenty of sports before, not obviously at this level, but that exists. If you ask any referee or someone who's refereed, like, yeah, makeup calls exist when you miss one. I've even told i have like told coaches, like, hey, I get like yelling at me. I'm like, look, I got it. I'm gonna make it up. right. I promise you. I'm gonna make this right. Cool. We, we keep going. Give them a crucial call to sort of even the odds a little bit. But you do that like in the third quarter. Yeah. You don't like with 20 seconds left or whatever. And on a third and one and then people's rebuttal to that was, well, um, it's not like they couldn't have scored on fourth and one. Then you can't say that the T, it was a make-up for the T Higgins call because they could have still scored on that drive. Okay, pass interference, you lose fifteen. They can get that right back. Like, yeah, you get there. There's an inconsistency in your logic there. My only logic here is that if you're, if that was indeed a makeup call, that was the worst time to do that because, because forget even my prediction, I don't care about that. You sucked all of the drama out of the game right there yes. because even yeah. if they score on that fourth and one, you're like, holy shit, here it is. If they don't score, it's over. Like you knew once that was called this, they're going to score. It's over. It, it, it just took all of the momentum, all of the, I mean, cause I was sitting there. I'm not, I have no dog in the race and I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, third and one, like you're yeah. getting into it at that point, yeah. you know? Yep. Booty hole puckers up, balls get a little tight, you're in there. yeah. And they just, they suck. I mean, they just pop the balloon. And it was, that's what I was really upset about.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to put it. Like, that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, you kind of get a little nervous. You're like, because it ended up being a really, really entertaining game. Like, the entire game all the way through was really entertaining. It wasn't necessarily, like, the best game in the Super Bowl we've ever seen. But it was, it was fun. It was It was memorable at times. And for it to just like get dragged down so much at the end by the ref, like that's just, and, and it, what I think was more frustrating, like if, if it had been happening almost throughout the entire game where the, it was just like a poorly refereed game. I think it would have been like, okay, this this like, fuck man. This is, this is just frustrating all the way around. But like they had stayed out of it. The entire game, and then right at the fucking end is when they decide to really start getting involved, and it 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 doesn't help when when Chris Collinsworth is even like, okay, like come on, you know, like even if it is the right call at times, you've stayed out. I just don't understand the switch over. I I don't get it,
1: and that's what bothered me even more. Like that, that was like the biggest reason that it bothered me was like if it was a ticky tack call like he pulled the jersey a little bit okay it's 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 a it's a penalty right that you probably would have let go if it was the first quarter but there was nothing there it was just a phantom call it was it was perfect defense that was my issue Is like because when going back to the people who were talking about you know oh it was the makeup for t higgins but a makeup call on a right call it isn't the same as a phantom call like that's a phantom call that's just not because even going back to when I was telling the coach like I got you, like I'm, I'm gonna get you with a makeup call. I'm calling something super petty. that's what a makeup call is. Like, yeah, I usually would let it go, but i'm gonna I'm gonna get it back for you. You know what I mean? it's it's it is what it is. And you know, like using basketball as an example. like at any level, you usually don't call a carry unless it's like super egregious and you're like walking with the ball. I'd give you a fucking carry, get you the ball right back. Cause he's been carrying all game, but I've been letting it go. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like you can find something that you've been letting go to do a makeup call. You don't do it on a phantom. Like that, that was it. Forget that even the time of the, the the time of the call, that was what bothered me too. It was like, you just can't call it when nothing's there.
0: Yeah. And, and I think also it kind of just takes away, I'm I'm sure the Rams players obviously don't really care if that's, you know, what, if that helped them win, but, like, I feel like it kind of takes away some of the great things that they did in that drive. Like, that Stafford no-look pass that's been circulating, like... Insane. I, finally get him some fucking... Like, that was just completely not even talked about during the broadcast. Because I don't think they realized what it was. Which is kind of disappointing, because I feel like... And and I'm not all for, you know, well, if it's Patrick Mahomes, like, they would talk about it nonstop. Which is true. But... If 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 there are players who do that type of stuff, it should get the credit it deserves. And I'm glad that people were like, holy fuck, I didn't even because it's it's a really good fucking play. Like he completely opens up Cooper. I didn't see it during the at, at the time that it happened. I, didn't either. I was like, but you, you watch the replay and you're like, yeah, of course, Von Bell fucking bid on that. That was an incredible fake it kind of takes away from that stuff that like the things that the Rams did really well on that drive, because they basically had how many free shots that the, to to score a touchdown at the end of the game. You're right. It was like, Oh, well they're, they're, they're going to score. It's only a matter of time. And it becomes a thing where it's like, all right, do the Bengals, just let them score. And then, you know, to leave themselves enough time. I hate that shit. I really hate Same. that shit, but you almost have to wonder, like, is that what they should have done? It it was, it was disappointing. I'm definitely not saying that's why the Rams won the Super Bowl because obviously that's not the only reason they won. I just didn't like that the game was pretty clean all the way through. You know, with a flag on a yep. on a guy not even fucking playing, which was absolutely hilarious. That is the funniest shit I, was, I've I've never seen that before. Have you,
1: have you? I don't think I have either. No. In the
0: Super Bowl, I mean, like yeah. I I think he thought the play was over. I think that's what he thought. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I just know,
1: I just know if that was me, I'm just sitting my ass down. Like, why are you even running to the field?
0: Yeah. You, you know he's probably wearing like sandals too. Yeah, I would have thought it was a fan. If I, was I, didn't like the know,
1: dude, I didn't know who it was. I thought it was like a ball boy. I had no idea. And they called it and I was like, oh, just someone injured. Like I, I, that was that was strange.
0: Yeah, but it was pretty funny. It was um, hilarious. No, I think I think there were a lot of good moments in the Super Bowl. Um, I th- I thought it was pretty memorable. There was a lot of really really good plays. Um, but I know one thing that that you really wanted to talk about was the Super Bowl halftime show being memorable in itself. Like Frank, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I loved it. the The reveal of Fifty Cent. I was like, "Fuck, man, that's that's good. That's good. That's really good." I, I yeah. enjoyed
1: it. No, I I mean overall, I absolutely loved it. I, um, I was genuinely shocked that 50 performed though, because how did they keep that under wraps? Like people, people were at the airport and they got video of Eminem. They got video of Snoop. They got video of Dre. And I'm like, did they like drive, did they drive him from New York or so? Like, how did he not get bit? Because th- that was the rumor. Oh, they're going to bring out 50 or they're going to bring, it was, uh, 50. 50- oh, and, and hologram Tupac. Like you're going to do something like that. And yeah. But the fact that we did, like, outside of just the rumors, we didn't have any sightings. Like, uh-oh, 50, I saw 50's bus here in, in L.A. Like, it was not, I was like, oh, maybe it's just not going to happen. And then of was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I really uh, I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, I think all in all, um, I thought the transitions were amazing. I thought the song choices were great. Yeah. I think, you know, while it wasn't confirmed, all of the things that the NFL didn't want the performers to do, they all did to a like even grander degree, which I thought was amazing. Um but yeah, I mean that was that was the best performance that I can remember. I, I truly enjoyed it.
0: I I'm not shocked by the responses to some of the people on on the far right. Yeah. People were obviously making jokes like, oh my God, they're probably having a heart attack. And they were because they just couldn't ha- I I don't even understand like, it wasn't like they they didn't even do anything that fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they just performed their, their, their songs. I will say I, I I liked Mary J. Blige. I thought she did a really good job. Definitely does not look 50 years old at all. I will say there was that one song that I felt kind of killed. It kind of killed the tempo a little bit. You know, they were kind of doing, like, the, the party songs kind of. And then she kind of went into, like, a slow ballad. And I'm like... I respect it, but it just, it didn't really fit the tone of the rest of it, you know? I think
1: that, I think that was my only issue was that second, when they transitioned to her second song. I I agree. It did throw off the vibe just a tad bit
0: because it went from her,
1: it went from her to Kendrick Kendrick. or her. Yeah. yeah. And that was, had it gone, that would have been a perfect transition going from, uh, I forget that, don't need no hate or that song to, to what that would have been, that would have been perfect.
0: Yeah, I, I thought Kendrick could have changed it up a little bit. Like he stuck with that one song for you know a little, a little too long, in my opinion. I also didn't love the the kind of the aesthetics of what he was doing. I felt like it was just very different from from what everybody else was was kind of doing. You know, yeah, what I mean? it,
1: it it like visual aesthetically it was, and it was funny because you know the way that Twitter really hates. M at this point that's everyone was making that joke he's just not even gonna fit and like he I mean that was like a perfect glove in hand transit like his was perfect
0: did did you notice the did you notice the the kneel did you I notice did, that yeah. I, well, I, I see I thought it was part of the I just thought it was part of their performance I didn't even think twice about it. so
1: I noticed it because I saw a ton of rumors beforehand saying that he may not even perform because he brought up the idea of kneeling I mean because yeah. he's been shouting out Colin Kaepernick for years now. I mean, since it's happened, he's, you know, standing, uh, he's stood in solidarity with him. Um, And when they said that the NFL said no to him, the rumors were, well, he may not even perform or he may, it may just be like, it may go silent and like, he'll just need like something. Those were like just way out there rumors. Uh, But I was specifically on the lookout for that because of those rumors. I was like, he's gonna, there's no way. If the NFL told him, no, I don't know. Like they must not know who Marshall is. He yeah. doesn't, he don't get, he doesn't get, he's not cancelable. Like no. you can't, you, what You is the NFL going to do to him? Yeah. I mean, the same, but the same thing with Snoop. They told him you can't wear blue. You can't wear a blue rag. He came out with the whole, like everyone they told to not do something. They like, they told Dre uh, to not have your anti-police lyrics in there. He kept that in there. Like, why are you telling people no, who are, are the biggest people in their field? And you like, what are you going to do to them? They're not getting paid anyway.
0: There, you, you know, you know, they're, they're like, the NFL is trying to, trying to like appeal to a certain demographic, but then also trying to control what they're doing instead of just getting out of the way. It's very on brand for the NFL. Yeah. That being said, I, I really, I really enjoyed the performance. I was glad that it was like, I mean, it made me feel old at the same time though, that like we're now approaching that age range of like. This is throwback material. I'm like, yeah. fuck, man, like, sh- <laughs> shit. <laughs> but it was no, good, man. Sure. I really enjoyed it.
1: I know. I I truly enjoyed it as well. I, I mean, I I didn't know what expectations to have, but had even if had I gone in with super high expectations, they would have they exceeded that. Like it was it was phenomenal. And and the dopest part was though when they came out. And they showed Dre from behind on the soundboard. I thought that was a video still. Like, you know how they sort of did the video? And I was like, oh, this, what are they doing? And then it was really him. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cool too. So yeah, I, um, I truly did enjoy that. Um, but I, there were some things on the Rams side, just transitioning back over to the game. Yeah. Uh, specifically Sean McVay, that he proved me wrong. Yeah, and th- th- there was one play in particular where I was like, OK, he's not coaching to lose. It was a fourth and one on their side. of uh, They they weren't past the 50 yet. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker's going to punt the ball. And he didn't. He went for it and they got it. And I was like, oh, they got it he- easily, too. They got it easily as well. I also wonder, though, that was after the miss extra point by um, Hecker. Heck- Heckler. What is his? Uh, the punter's last name? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Johnny Hecker.
1: Hacker and, and I, I wonder if the mistrust in him sort of made McVeigh. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I'm not putting any more faith in this guy in crucial moments. Like, I need to, to go for this. Uh, so that was that was interesting. But no, I think on their side of the ball, I I think you knocked it out of the ballpark with Matthew Stafford. That was the epitome of his career. It wasn't the greatest. But Goddamn is he clutch like he 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 has always come his clutch numbers are insane because that's just what he's done um but yeah, it's i I think I agree with you with the Odell thing like he has fit that team so much better than I think anyone could have imagined yeah, and I th- I obviously the Robert woods injury helped him get an even bigger role with the team, but it was also a thing where I think people sort of forgot and me included that like he's not like he i I feel like in cleveland he was used to take the top off the defense and while he has top end speed he's such he's such a good route runner like they didn't utilize him very much you know for in the uh, middle of the field right in the middle of of the intermediate stuff
2: yeah they 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 let let jarvis
1: landry do do that right and i feel like They almost like it with with certain play designs. They have Cooper Cup being the yak guy. You're going one to five. You're quick. You're you're gonna get open. You know on a very quick route, and they just let Odell go crazy in the intermediate, and that has fit so well. And then they had Dan Jefferson taking the top off. He's their speed guy, and I mean that has. I, I really would like to see what would have happened if Robert Woods was healthy, because at that point, I think you're just Xing out Van Jefferson. Like, I don't think he has a yeah. role in the offense anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he. I mean, when he went down, that was when the Rams' offense just sort of ceased to exist for for a while. And what I found awesome, I, I, outside of the grievances with uh, or my gripes or both, really both of our gripes with the ref ring. Uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, specifically towards the end of the game. I love that it just felt like, you know, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup were like, if we're going to lose, it's going to be because we fuck up. Like, you, this is our drive. We're the best players on the field. We're going to get this done. And he just did not stop looking Cooper Cup's way. And that yeah. whole drive. I mean, that like, if Cooper Cup goes on to have another four or five elite years, that is going to be a moment at his Hall of Fame enshrinement. Like if he gets there, like that is going to be one of those like that's the Cooper Cup drive.
0: Yeah man. And and honestly like I think that's all you and I have asked for from, you know, certain players, certain coaches is just lose trying to do what you do best. Enough with the gimmicky shit. Get the ball to your best player and and let them let them win you a game. Like let them and and I was yeah and You know, you know, Frank, a lot of outside, you know, a lot of casual fans, a lot of hardcore fans even like to talk about how, you know, the biggest miss was uh, Mitch Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson or even Patrick Mahomes. You know, whether that's realistic or not, you know, who who the fuck knows. But Frank, (laughs) the Bears were at that senior bowl, man. They were there. They were watching this guy. Ryan Pace was right, fucking there, man, and they missed it. And they drafted fucking Adam Shaheen instead of Cooper Cup. They could have got him. They could have had that guy on their fucking team. And they just, they just didn't. They just, I, it, it's, it's. I think that's one of the things, man. That, that it's, it's just always the the Bears never are, are able to seem to get those types of guys. Those guys that like self scouted that can turn themselves into superstars. Like they they just always fucking miss on those guys. And he, dude, I always thought he was good, but this, I mean, this may be the second best season I've, I've ever seen from a wide receiver only behind Calvin Johnson.
1: I, I wouldn't be, I would have to sit down and really think, but off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I know Randy Moss had that one insane year.
0: In two thousand seven, we
1: we but but even before that, the year uh, was oh, it three and, yeah, with the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, but I we were so young though that I I don't know if I really understood the significance. Like I, I was watching football then and in tune, but I didn't know. You know, I I didn't I just didn't understand it to that level. But yeah, I mean, you think Calvin Johnson, you think uh, obviously now Cooper Cup. I mean, anything real. Michael Thomas, the receptions record was really good. But even that didn't feel like it didn't feel like this. Right. Yeah. It's like the only one that comes to mind is, is Calvin Johnson because he was just taking over games like Michael Tide Th- and the way Cooper Cup just took over that last drive. Like, yeah. Michael Thomas never like took over a game
0: like they that. didn't win a Super Bowl because of Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> they what won I mean. A Super Bowl because of, of Cooper Cup. Like, let's let's be real. I mean, it. There was something also just really damn satisfying about seeing Jalen Ramsey get burnt as much as he, I, like, he was getting dusted. I I, I got to be honest that that was that was pretty funny. That was yeah. Jamar
1: funny. Chase was cooking that man. I mean, but, you know, but but to that point, too, when when we think about, you know, in the offseason, when we talk about like Justin Fields progression and sort of the things we want to see in terms of identity with this offense and such. I do want to see more of that from Justin. And I don't know how much of it is just a rookie thing or his fault or the coaching stuff. Like, for, forget whose fault that it didn't happen, you know, enough. Because when it did happen, I, he, his ball placement was impeccable. But you think of some of those throws by Joe Burrow. hes They're not open. They're like NFL open, barely. Yeah. And he's putting it in a window to give those guys a chance. And, again, we did see that from Justin Fields 100%. So part of me just feels like, you know, defenses were just smothering the receivers so much that he didn't even have a chance to do that or the offensive line wouldn't block him long enough for him. But that's, I feel like, one of those things that, you know, on a box score you won't see. You'll just see the reception and the yardage for it. Yeah. But when you look back at some of those throws, man, like Joe Burrow is just just to what you're saying, like what we want out of a coaching staff. That's what Joe Burrow does as a quarterback. Just go out. He gives his guys a chance to make a play. He has faith in them. He has a rapport with them and he lets it fly. I love that.
0: Yeah, I so the Joe Burrow stuff, I I think that's something I, you know, I want to touch on because I thought he played a good game. I don't think he played his his best game, obviously. But again, what what was like 19 times in like four games or something like that? Like, that's fucking crazy. I mean, like, how do you not try and like even switch up the offensive line? Like, try and put someone in there that maybe you know its not hasn't been seen or just something like that. That one guard got absolutely leveled by by Aaron Donald. It was it was. But Frank, this is kind of what I talked about uh, before the Super Bowl, where I said you can't just assume that the Bengals will be back. And I've seen that a ton where it's just like, especially after the game, like Joe, he'll, he'll be back. Fuck that. May I point you to the career of Andrew Luck? Like it, what I was going to, I was about to tweet it out when they were in the fourth quarter and they, it looked like the Bengals were going to hold on and win. And then obviously that Rams drive started. I was about to tweet out. This is what Andrew Luck's career this is what everybody thought Andrew Luck would do with his career. He'd, you know, take him to Super Bowl and, and turn things around and win really fast and then keep going back. But, dude, he took so much punishment from that bad offensive line. Like, the, the Bengals better learn real fucking quick that they need to get some protection for him. I still think that Jamar Chase pick was the right decision. They're in the Super Bowl because of Jamar Chase. They really don't get there without him. But. Every pick in the next draft should just be offensive linemen. Just as many as you can get to see if there are any good ones. You you have to because there's and you still have to go through Patrick Mahomes. You're still gonna have to go through that guy. He's not going anywhere. So I, I thought that was a little, you know, I, I just want people to have caution that just because Joe Burrow had a really great season, the Bengals realistically, I mean, they're probably what, like a B tier team that just played above and beyond and made it to the Super Bowl. Like things worked out really well for them, obviously, but they got a lot of work to do, man, to, to be considered just going back again and again and again.
1: No, I 100% agree. I think that's a great segue to sort of the aftermath and, and what we think uh, needs to happen with these teams. Cause I, I think that's the only thing that needs to happen for the Bengals. And I don't mean this, you know, I don't think either of us are saying that to say like, that's easy. It's, it's hard to find really good linemen. Um, but the fact that there has been no real effort to do that has been sort of the issue here. Um, but, I mean, they're in a unique situation. They obviously, you know, overperformed what anyone thought they would be this year. So that, that's a good sign. That means your young nucleus is right. You you got that part right. Um, but not only is the young nucleus right, they're all under rookie contracts, minus Joe Mixon, who really isn't getting paid. Like He's not like a, a cuttable contract. He's not preventing you from signing anybody. And I mean, to your point, you throw the kitchen sink at that offensive line. You look at every big free agent. You look at any trade that first, that first round pick. You do the same thing that the, uh, that the chiefs did just did last year. You look for your left tackle or somebody that, that 31st pick, it doesn't matter. You have your offense is set outside of an offensive line. That 31st pick probably isn't going to be, you know, anything significant compared to a franchise left tackle. If there's one on the market that you can trade that for, um, and I think that's the only. I, 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 but I say they have the luxury though because they're not. They don't have to pay Burrow for another two years. They don't have to pay Jamar for another three years. I think they have Higgins on another one or two years. I mean, they're they have these guys that are making huge plays in the Super Bowl on cheap contracts. Yeah. So now is the time where you absolutely do everything you can to protect your asset and Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, and if they can't do that, and and it, and it's again. It's the attempt. If they try it and it just fails, then you sort of look at, was scouting bad? Was the free agent signings bad? You deal with that after the fact. You have to make an attempt to build that offensive line. I mean, they there, there are plays out there that they look absolutely lost. They ran a basic stunt on them, like three plays in a row, and Burrow got either sacked or was under pressure immediately. Yeah. I mean, there's just no continuity. There's no, or not the continuity is not the right word. There's They haven't gelled, it still seems like, but we're in weak what is this 20 of the season for you? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, yeah, what what, what are we doing here? Um, but I think on the flip side to that, I mean, if you're the Rams, I think you run it back to the best of your ability into the best of your caps, you know, the best that your cap situation can handle. Like you just won the Super Bowl. You're going to have Robert Woods back at the, at the beginning of the year. OBJ probably gone the whole year. You probably don't resign him. Maybe you wait until he's fully recovered to see what's going on with that. But outside of that, you know, because you're so top heavy and you're going to have to pay Matt Stafford now as well. You're going to extend him. You can't really build depth. I think you just have to run, you run it right back just like Tampa just did, you know, this year. Like you try to have the same exact team and see if you can maximize the window.
0: Well, the interesting thing, Frank, about the, the Rams is they may be missing two of their biggest pieces in the off season. Now, you know, when the when the season starts, we, you know, there, there were reports before the game that Aaron Donald, had said, if I win, this could be it, which I think is, was like, I don't know, kind of a wake up call. I'm like, Oh, what? Like he's barely, he's barely been in the league. But then you remember, he's been in the league since 2014. Like he's been in the league for a very long time. I mean, he's got all the accolades. What else could there be for him to really want to do? It's not that crazy to me when you really start to think about it. But the crazy one for me, Frank, is the Sean McVay stuff, man. Like, I texted you the morning. What was the morning of the Super Bowl? I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this rumor that he's dispelling? That he doesn't want to come back? And you're like, I think he made that up. I think he's just trying to create some drama. And and then, you know he, he is talking during the game, and he's like, Nah, I'm, I'm. Come on, I'm fine. We're 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 gonna be here. And then today, he's like, uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Which guy's only like? He's not even forty yet, is he?
1: Like I don't, I think he's like 36,
0: 37. He's super I mean, young. Just, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to me that the Rams were kind of put in this position to win it all. They did so. And he's kind of like, eh, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to want to take a, take a bit of a break. I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily blame him. I'm just, is that the problem with hiring these like young up and and, and coming head coaches that have, you know. They, they accomplish things so quickly, you know, at some point they're kind of just like, what else is there to really do? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, th- that's what made me think once it became like more of a reality that he could actually retire. Like that may just be the norm. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you think about the way that just American society, people 35, maybe even 40 and under, no one wants to work their whole life anymore like yeah you know i you, you see a bunch of these protests and things for not only better working conditions but like four-day work weeks like let's lower that like let's i mean there, there's so many changes happening societally that i don't think it's any different like just the mindset of of a head coach or really anybody like even athletes we've seen a bunch, a bunch of athletes retire early patrick willis was 25 years old and was the best not literally you know what i'm saying like yeah best linebacker in the league. And he's like, nah, this is it for me. I'm I'm out. I played eight years or whatever, and I'm good. And, you know, it, it may, it may start to be the norm. I mean, these guys are getting hired so young. Ryan Poles is 36. He's yeah. the general manager uh, of the Chicago Bears. Like these guys are very, very, very young, but it's not that they're inexperienced. I think that's what other people have to put into perspective is that Ryan Poles has been doing this since he was 21, 22. This is his 14th year in the league. That's a lot of fucking time, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Versus, and and it's not like he started, oh, I'm the ball boy and I'm working my way up. And now it's like, so it's like you sort of discount the first six years because you were a kid or whatever. Like, no, he, these guys have been, co- McVeigh has been coaching at a very high level for years now. You, you get burnt out after a little bit versus like you think of someone like, um, even like Matt Eberflus, I know he's not super old, but he also hasn't been coaching at, you know, for as long as some of these young guys who have been like they have, but it was more like a quality control guy or this. Yeah. These dudes are 26 calling plays like, <laughs> you know what I, So, I mean, it, it's just a different level, man. So that, that may wind up being the norm. Um, but I think with Aaron Donald, it, that caught me by surprise too, because I just didn't realize he was in the league for that long. Yeah. And I think, I think they even mentioned Von Miller, he had been in the league for 14 years. I was like, 14 years? I remember when he got drafted. Like, what the hell is going on right now? Yeah. Like, if you would have asked me how long Von Miller was in the league, I would have told you, like, seven years tops. Just because in my mind, it doesn't feel like that much time has gone by.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh. But, yeah, so I know that was a long-winded answer, but it just made me think about a lot of stuff when it comes to that. And I, I think I, – I would certainly hope there, – there's two hopes that I have with that. One, that it's not preventing people from hiring the best guy for the job because he's young – but two, if that starts just becoming the standard where guys are like healthy and just retiring after eight or nine years, at, at a certain point, you're going to have to like talk about Hall of Fame standards and such. Because if the average starts to go down and counting stats aren't necessarily there or whatever, um, that's going to take a huge effect on, on Hall of Fame and voting standards and
0: such. I think a big part for Sean McVay, too is is the pressure that he's basically and, and it's a good pressure that he's kind of established because I mean once he was hired that Rams team pretty much took off and they've been competitive and the expectations are super high for them at year in and year out like it really hasn't been a period where he's just like <laughs> just a coach um, you know they're there if he if he does retire I would imagine it will probably be one of those things where maybe he takes a year or a couple years you know, out of the league to, and, and then comes back, which I mean, if let's say he does, I don't know how, if it works the same with, you know, coaches contracts where they have to meet the requirement and then come back, like, you know, certain players do. Uh, so like, for example, Deshaun Watson can't just retire. And then, you know, at the start of the next season, he's like, Oh, I want to go play for the Tampa Bay. Like he has to finish out that contract with the Texans. I don't know if it works the same way with the, with coaches. I would assume not but, I mean, if he does retire and he's like, you know what, next year I want to come back, these so are two coaches, Sean McVay and Sean Payton, that teams could just fucking plug in and, and you know, elevate their team to a, uh, a pretty good standard. So I'll I'd, I'd be very curious to see what happens. I mean, if the Rams are, are kind of out of it, you know, it's more of a power vacuum in the NFC, man. Like, th- there's a lot of... We talked about how the NFC was so top heavy, but there's, there's a lot of questions now, man. Like Aaron Rodgers, where does he go? Brady is retired. Uh, Sean Payton's gone from the Saints. Sean McVeigh, Aaron Donald might be done. Like there's going to be a lot of question marks. And you know what that means, Frank? It means that Justin Fields is a perfect fucking opportunity to goddamn win a Super Bowl. How about that? You're goddamn right. You are goddamn
1: right, Jackie. You know, here, here's the other thing with that, though. I really have a couple more points as it pertains to these two teams. Um, the the Hall of Fame stuff with Matt Stafford, that, that's that been circulating because Richard Sherman on his podcast was, you know, very outspoken. And I feel two different ways about that. He's 100% correct. Let's just throw, that's the one thing. is like he is right on what he said about Matt Stafford. As it stands right now, I don't think he's a Hall of... Unless you lower your standards, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He just doesn't have the credentials when you look at other Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That being said, his career isn't over yet. Like, Can we stop the, is he a Hall of Famer? Unless it's a shoe... Like, Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. Aaron Donald is a Hall of Famer. Those guys are shoe-ins. There's no debate. You can talk about legacy. You can talk about... Rank all-time rankings if you want to, because they're in that discussion already. They've proven themselves to be there. But Matt Stafford is one of those fringe guys right now. I mean, sort of like where where Kurt Warner was. Like, if he wins another Super Bowl or two, what what are we talking? Like, could he possibly be there? Like, he's in that conversation. He's in the conversation of, like, what more does he need to do to get there? Because he's not super far away, but he's not in yet. And it's like, for people to, like, really shit on him like that, I thought it was pretty unfair because... I think anyone, no matter the degree in which you feel this way, you have to concede to some point that Detroit completely failed this guy. Well, I guess "completely" is too strong of a word if I'm saying that. Like, he he was failed by the Detroit Lions organization, and you you have to think like the the very first year that we see him with competent. Pieces and like a good coaching staff, he wins a Super Bowl. And again, it's not only because of him. This is a team game, and we sort of saw a lot of the same tendencies from Matt Stafford. He made some boneheaded throws, but he also made some brilliant throws. He made some throws that not everyone in this league can make. Yeah. And you, you sort of, if you're able to kind of, uh, what what is the right word? Like pro rate, I guess this one season into like 14 years in the league, that might be a Hall of Fame career. Like. If you have confident pieces around you, like, I mean, imagine fucking Joe Montana on the Lions. He may be Matt Stafford. like they're, they're, I think people sort of start to discard how how important is it is uh, your, how important your surroundings are around you, especially in the NFL. And I, I think the NBA goat talks are a big part of the reason for that because they try to make it that way in the NFL. And it's just, it's not that way. The quarterback is the most important piece. But even if you have the best quarterback on the field, that doesn't mean anything. You have to build around that guy. And I, I don't know. I, I just felt like it was very unfair for that to be like the first press thing. Like, Matt Stafford just wins a Super Bowl and his first year with the Rams. And everyone's like, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? It's like, dude, let it fucking breathe for a minute. Yeah. Like, relax. And And again, like, everything that Richard Sherman said was correct. I agreed with him. I just didn't agree with the timing of it. Like, dog, he just won five minutes ago and you're fucking on Twitter talking shit. Like, relax, man. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not that urgent.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't, That that's such an off-season topic. That's not, like, that, that's, I, I guess that's the thing with, with the Super Bowl now is like, because we've become so accustomed to talking about like Brady and every single Super Bowl, it's like, what what do we talk? So like our our no the norm is to be like talking about Hall of Fame shit. Like if if Matt Ryan had won that Super Bowl, I don't think people are like, well, is he Hall of Famer? Like I just felt like the stuff with Stafford kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like no one has ever talked about him being a Hall of Famer, regardless of of one ring or not. That that threw me off completely. Like he had a very good season, but I I I didn't really think it was. That type of conversation. If I'm being honest with you, I agree.
1: I also don't think I also don't think anyone has really overrated Stafford. E- even like this year, I think we kind of know he's a super talented uh, quarterback. That you know, we sort of know the book on. I mean, again, this game sort of was the book on him. It was a little up and down. There's nothing sort of uh, super consistent about him, but when it matters, he usually comes through, and that's what it was. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like just in general, people get way too caught up in the all time great Hall of oh, yeah. Fame,
0: like legacy talks. It, it's 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 from years of talking about it with like LeBron and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's all conversations have become about now is like, you know, who is who is this? Who's the who's the greatest of all time? There's like 40 goats out there yeah. right now. It's just like that's all people want to talk about. It's It's very strange to me.
1: And yeah. And, and and that's sort of my point where it's like, those are really good conversations when careers are over with. Like, who, where do you rank so-and-so? Because you can't say, like, Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. Well, what if he wins three more Super Bowls in a row? He's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like, we And I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just saying we don't know what, what the end of his story is yet. Like, it, it's not exactly. uncommon. It's not uncommon for people to have really good back-end of their careers and get them in uh, the Hall of Fame. I yeah. mean, it, 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 imagine like year five or six or whatever, and I know we're we're past that with Matthew Stafford, but like of uh, of Steve Young's career, that he would not have been a Hall of Famer. Like, let these stories end. And to your point, I think I think that's sort of the the I don't know if it's spawned from that, but I think we see it the most with LeBron. It's like it's exhaustion. Like, let the guy's career end before we start trying to put all this other you know try, put him up with this and that. Like, it's clear that he's an all time great, one hundred percent. But let's just like let's let the story end and then let's analyze it from there. And then you can debate and then you can talk about, you know, differences in eras and things like that. But I don't know, th- those conversations are just so fucking boring and like so low hanging
0: fruit to me at this point. Yeah, well, that and the fact that everybody on, on Twitter is, you know, ratio and copy pasting well, tw- that tw- stupid Twitter, fucking yeah. thing. It's just Twitter, it's,
1: Twitter makes it worse. But it's yeah. also like. I think the thing that bothers me too is like stats only matter when people feel like they want them to matter. Oh well, Aaron Rodgers is easily a Hall of Famer, and he only has he only has one ring. Well, now Stafford has the one ring. Oh well, that one ring. Now he needs the other stats to go. Well, you just told me those stats didn't. It's it's. It's a Mickey so Mouse really, ring, Frank. Yeah, I mean, there's just like no level of consistency to people's to people's arguments, and I, I think I, I think what people don't realize when they do that is. They internally understand that context matters for everything when it comes, especially statistics. So they want to like pick and choose when it matters and when it doesn't. Because to a degree, you sort of have to, where it's like, you know, even talking about Matthew Stafford, like he was in Detroit. So it's hard to really analyze what he was and what he could have been if he was with a better organization or if the Lions were just a better organization and built around him better. So it's like you sort of have to use the eye test to know how good he is. But at the end of the day, with Hall of Fame, that is usually about the raw numbers. It's about the all pros. It's about the um the Pro Bowls. It's about the counting stats. it's it's about everything. So that's sort of cut and dry with it. but but again, it's also not because if you just look at raw numbers, Eli Manning is as average as it gets, if not a little bit below average. But those two rings, especially in the context in which he won them, that may as they that may well get him in the Super Bowl, like the, yeah. Context matters for even things. Oh, I'm sorry, the the, yeah. the 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 Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I People are just they're they're getting a little bit too much with stuff, and that's that that has annoyed me with it. Um, the last thing that I had though, Jack, I would not be shocked if the Bengals move on from Zach Taylor in a year or two.
0: Very very Packers esque type situation where they you know. Go for a different coach. Think yeah. That their coach is maybe holding them back a little bit. I, I hate to say it, Frank, because we we gave him so many, so many props uh before the Super Bowl where we were like, ah, well, maybe we were a little bit wrong about Zach Taylor. Maybe he isn't one of the worst coaches in the league. And I, I, I granted, I don't think he's one of the worst. I think we've seen a lot worse this season, but I I think a lot of our concerns kind of showed themselves during that game, during that game. He looked a little overmatched for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and I think what's going to wind up happening is because he's a solid coach. We, we didn't like jump out the window and like, Oh, he's one of the, like, even though we ranked him one of the worst coming in, he's one of the best now. Like we were never, you know, that extreme with it. But I think what's going to wind up happening is he's a, a solid coach it, it, maybe we can call him a good coach, but they're going to look for someone who really is able to do things schematically with Joe Burrow that I don't think Zach Taylor has done really, really all year. Like the offense is good. I think it's, I think it's more of a product of who they have. So I, that's just the synopsis of this year. If he, if he moves on next year and we see that continue to elevate, I, I will take that back. But I was hoping to see a little bit more from, from him in the game plan especially with two weeks preparation. And I mean, they damn near won it though, just with sort of the talent that they have. You know what I mean? So it's a little give and take there, but I, I it wouldn't shock me if they, I mean, we're sort of in the, you remember the Cubs, Ricky Renteria thing, where it's like, you're a good coach, but. Not
0: for uh, us. <laughs> Mad, yeah, like
1: Madden's out there, man. Like we can't fucking not get him. Yeah. You know, and 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 to your point, that's what made me think of that actually, just as we were talking, if Sean Payton comes back. In a year or two, and Zach Taylor, they're still sort of in that middling, but Joe Burrow and the rest of the guys are sort of lifting that boat. How the fuck do you not make a run at him with one of the best young quarterbacks we've ever seen? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be some storylines, man, I there think, will in the be. next couple of years.
0: Yeah, and uh, there will definitely be some storylines during the offseason as well, and obviously we're going to continue talking uh, football you know depending on obviously what happens with the bulls and and their playoff run maybe we'll obviously talk a little basketball it doesn't sound like we're gonna need to worry about talking about baseball frank at all because i don't even know you know if that's gonna happen but speaking of which you know we're, we're still trying to come up with a new name for this podcast and you know if you guys want to submit your thoughts go ahead and comment on youtube hit us up on twitter because i mean you know we're we don't want to be generic about it i already yeah. told frank like the fucking, what, like, the fourth and one podcast. Like, that's fucking lame. That's fucking lame. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that.
1: I right. want it, I, I, and I feel like this may even be too much, but I want it to be, like, Bears and general football related at the same exact time, where it's, like, you understand that we talk about the Bears a ton, but we also talk about the NFL. You Justin
0: know what I mean? Fields is the GOAT podcast.
1: That's in contention, since that's the only <laughs> submission. That's number one right now.
0: All right, well, I'll I'll take it, and uh, we'll we'll see what else our our wonderful listeners have. Uh, but Frank, it was a really entertaining season of football. Uh, obviously, not as much on the Bears side. Hopefully, that changes. Hopefully, that that changes a little bit. Uh, I'm tired of being mad. I'm tired of of hating the team that I want to see succeed. You know what I mean? And. Speaking of teams that I want to succeed, we're definitely going to talk a little bit about the, the Colts because there's some stuff going on with the quarterback position. Uh, Kyler Murray, obviously, you know, who knows what's going on there. Aaron Rodgers, where is he going to end up? The Broncos, Steelers, there, there's teams the quarterback needs, man. Maybe Andy Dalton could get one more shot as a starting quarterback. Maybe you can get one more chance because I don't he's think going, we've seen enough.
1: He's going to Tampa.
0: He's going. <laughs> Following up the GOAT. <sighs> Oh, that'd be great. Uh, I'd pay to watch that. That'd be really funny. But uh, no, there's there's definitely going to be a lot to discuss. So, um, you know, stay with us here. We'll 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 talk some football for sure. Like I said, maybe we'll get Nas on to talk about some basketball. If the Bulls can never get fucking healthy again. If not, I don't really want to talk about them, to be completely <laughs> honest, Frank. Uh, but we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. This was a fun season, though. I, I hey, enjoyed this season a lot.
1: Yeah, extremely fun season. I think moving forward, it's really going to allow us, you know, for some extras pods or – other pods to like do some revisiting do some you know you know uh underrated teams of the season or like people most disappointing you know people who sort of outperformed what we thought I mean there's gonna be a ton to talk about just analyzing this year um but then like just some predictions going into next year just like you said where the hell is Aaron Rodgers going what's gonna happen with Deshaun Watson what you know like we'll have a lot of uh thoughts on that I'm excited to dig into that
0: I can't um, wait to to rank our quarterbacks and and shove it down Chris Sims. throat for how right we are. Yeah, that's I what agree. I that's what I, I want. Agree. We'll rank our coaches. You know, again, I thought I enjoyed the hell out of that. We were. I, I, I'd, I I'd be curious too. to go back to see, you know, how how that turned out.
1: I, I haven't I looked at it in
0: a while, but I want to see. I haven't
1: looked. I haven't looked at it either. I either need to watch. I need to go back and watch the episode or find where I jotted that down and see yeah. like how how different I feel about. A lot of these go. We well, both yeah. had Nagy pretty low, right?
0: I I, I hope we had him that was like the bottom tier. I don't know if we did though. Well, I may I have remember. had him just above the bottom. tier. We're gonna tier. have to go back and look. This this will be this will be entertaining. We'll see if there's any changes. I'm so glad we don't have to fucking talk about him anymore. Oh, I know. breath of fresh air, Frank. Breath of fresh. 2022 is gonna be a good season for us, Frank. It's gonna be big year. We appreciate you guys listening as always. And uh, Frank, I'll talk to you next week, man.
1: Later, Jackie. Later, everybody.